Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Happy New Year, and I hope everybody had a good one. And thank you very much for supporting the MTB Tribe podcast over the year. It has been absolutely awesome. The podcast has been doing well, so thank you very much. I really appreciate those who have got involved and those who download and share and like. And it is just brilliant. So thank you very, very much. And as I say, I hope you all had a good new year. And I hope 2018 brings everything that you're wishing for. So to, on to today's uh today's episode and uh, this episode starts a series we will be running through the podcast over the next number of months and it's basically finding out what mountain biking is like in East Africa. Um, I will be posting an East African episode every five to six weeks um, and I have talked with a number of people from Kenya and um, Uganda regarding mountain biking and how it is growing and making a difference in and around East Africa. Um, So it's a wee bit different I know it's um, a little bit removed from what we normally talk about, but I think it's good to know what's happening in the mountain biking scene from different areas across um, across th- this awesome planet. So, um, but you, you know, in all fairness, you'll be surprised what I found out. The trails look and sound both amazing and brutal, um, and I hope you guys really enjoy the episodes. Um, but let's get on with the first one. It's episode number 17, and we are talking to Becky Summers from the Mount Kenya Trust in East Africa. So we'll be chatting to her about her annual 10-4 to 4 mountain bike charity challenge. Um, the racing is held over a weekend, and it comprises of many different categories, skill levels, and even um, includes family-friendly challenges and, and that kind of thing. The good thing about it is all the funds raised will go to the region and help many different projects, including education and animal welfare. So it, it really, it really is um, a, a good, um, a good race to hold. And as I say, all all the benefits go to charity. So it's awesome. So you learn things like uh, what Becky's role is in the Mount Kenya Trust, what the mountain biking scene is like in Kenya and what the 10 to 4 mountain bike challenge is all about and how it works, where the money raised goes and how it helps, um, and how the local community supports the challenge uh, and welcomes it to town, uh, and that's really good to see us as also. On the show notes, you'll be able to find out how you can get involved, how you can enter the challenge and everything else like that. If you want to visit the show notes to find out more, go to www.mtb-tribe.com. All the links there are for Becky and the Mount Kenya trust so you can find out a wee bit more of what's happening and um, how they're getting on and stuff like that and follow the progress so it's very good so please do that so let's get on with it today and get on to episode number 17. Hi Becky welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast it is brilliant to have you on the show how are things today in Kenya? Yeah all good thank you. It's pretty amazing I can't believe we've actually got somebody on the podcast from Kenya talking about mountain biking it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's quite random, but we do have Africa's second highest mountain, so uh, it's a good place to start. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah, and, and and we'll be talking to you today mainly about the Mount Kenya Trust and what you do there, and also the ten to four mountain bike challenge that that you do and you put on there. Um, who it raises money for and how it can help and how how people can get involved and stuff. So. That's a really awesome cause, and we'll get into that a wee bit later. But um, just tell us a wee bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from, Becky, and what do you do out in Kenya? 
Um, okay, so I'm originally from the UK and then I moved out to Kenya about two and a half years ago and then started working at, in, at Mount Kenya Trust, which is, we're a mountain conservation NGO based in Nanyuki, which is about four hours north of Nairobi. Yeah, very good. And what what made you want to move out there? Was it something you've always kind of wanted to do or had you just a general interest in, in Africa? Um, so I did environmental science as, as my study and then it's always just been something that's quite cool to to do and um, it's just so different working out here and you've got like the big megafauna, you've got the elephants and you've got people living with wildlife and um, yeah, it's just <laughs> it's a quite a cool place to live really. It's something different, yeah. Did, did you plan to go out there for a year or something like that and you've just ended up staying? Is that the way it's worked out? Um, no, well, my boyfriend lives out here, so I moved out here originally um, to, to see him and then started working at Mount Kenya Trust, and then it kind of just went from there. And just went from there. Awesome. So so what's your title out there? Uh, I did the grants and the communications with Mount Kenya Trust, and now I also am the event manager for the 10 to 4. Brilliant. And, and you're, also a, you're also a guest in a podcast, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> brilliant so uh you um you obviously mountain bike a wee bit yourself can you tell us a wee bit about that how you get into that and how much mountain biking you kind of do um i don't do loads of mountain biking but i mean having a mountain on your doorstep is a great way to get into it in general just to be out just a way to get onto the mountain and to enjoy um, enjoy the forest and then um after i started working for the trust they've they've been running this mountain bike uh race since it's been running for about 15 or 16 years now so it's wow. a it's a really good way of yeah so it started tiny it was just about i don't know 20 cyclists i think just local people who just decided that it would be really cool to have a mountain bike event on the mountain. So, and no one had done it before. So they thought it's a great way to just raise a bit of money for Mount Kenya Trust as well. And then from there, it's just been kind of running every year. And um, we get different organizations from around the country to help sponsor um, the cost of the event. And then we just have people entering from mainly Kenyans. And then we have people from like East Africa, Tanzania, and then quite a few people coming up from South Africa and then a few from the US and UK. Yeah, and, and what's the mountain bike scene like in Kenya and, and the outlying areas? Is it quite popular there? Is it growing in popularity? Do you see it growing in popularity? It's definitely, definitely growing. So um, there's quite a few people. It's not got, I mean, in the UK, you see a lot of people road biking. and um, Mountain bike, I mean, out here, you have to mountain bike most places anyway because there's like, like two inch thorns around and like it's all mud tracks wherever you're cycling so um you do need quite a hard bike in gen just to get around in general but um the whole outdoor scene and hiking and mountain biking is is definitely growing and there's um a few different organizations that are working with with kenyans to develop young people and people like the safari simbas and a guy called david kinja who he used to mentor chris Froome when he was small because chris Froome is kenyan as well and um, so he takes kids um, from local villages or wherever around and he trains them up to be kind of elite cyclists, which is um, which is a really great project. Yeah. And, and we talked a wee bit about David uh, via email in our previous conversations and stuff. 
what's your relationship with David? Do you know him personally as such? Yeah, yeah, he's a, such a fantastic guy. Like so much energy and so much enthusiasm, and always trying to um, promote cycling in Kenya and getting young people involved. And um, yeah, a really fant- a real character. Um, always at the events, always um, positive, enthusiastic, and um, incredible guy. I mean, I've cycled with him. Uh, we did some of these route reccees on Barana, which is one of the conservancies that we cycle through. And the hills that those guys go up is just incredible. <laughs> they just, <laughs> they just, just, just nothing stops them. They just like this boundless energy, and it's yeah, it's they're very yeah, mm-hmm. very experienced guys. Yeah, and David's maybe known a wee bit more for um, road cycling as such, but he, he also mountain bikes, doesn't he? Yeah, he does both. So. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, he does a bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, You yeah. can find out more about them. They're, they're safari symbols, so their story's kind of on online. Yeah, and, and we'll put links to that in the show notes if you wish. We can We can do that for definite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and hopefully we might get David on the podcast a wee bit later. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, he's a really yeah very charismatic guy, and he'll give you some really good stories. So. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we always like stories. That's awesome. Yeah, we all... <laughs> um, so let's talk a wee bit about um, the Mount Kenya Trust 10 to 4 uh, mountain bike challenge then. Can you tell us what it really is and why it was started? As, as I said before, it started as a sort of locals that wanted to uh, promote the mountain a little bit and also to raise money for that for Mount Kenya Trust. So it's really important when you're a charity that you can also raise your own funds because then money can go into, you can put the money into wherever you is most needed. So if we have a tree planting project that needs money or a ranger team that needs funding, you can use the money raised from that event and it, it doesn't have any ties to it so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a really great way to promote the trust as well so local people know that the 10 to 4 is mount kenya trust and what the projects we're doing and things like that yeah and and where have you seen it help the most in the past um it helps so it will run things that we just have no funding for such as um so we have a range of different projects, things from the elephant, an elephant wildlife corridor that links the mountain to like the northern rangelands. Then we have four or five ranger teams on the mountain. We have huge tree planting, reforestation projects and education and health projects. So when there isn't funding, it, a lot of the um, work is funded by donor support, but then sometimes the, the donor support will only be for a couple of years or they'll just pull out. So... Um, it just fills all gaps. So, for example, last year we didn't have funding for the Elephant Corridor, so a lot of the money went into keeping that maintained for that year. And then the year before, it's for the Horse Patrol team. And then and then there's running costs all the way through, so things like firefighting. So in Kenya, we have wet and dry seasons. And um, if there's a drought or if it's been dry for a long time, then there'll be a lot of um, fires started on the mountain, which can burn hectares of forest within a couple of days so mm. there's no actual funding for that so that's that's part of where this 10 to 4 money comes in mm-hmm. yeah so so when the the funds are raised through events like this you just kind of prioritize where that needs to go at the time or have you just got you know a a plan of action is, is it something um, you can do like that or no not really it changes year on year so 
um, it, it can it split into probably seven or eight different projects. So it will be half of a ranger team or a tire for a car. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, 500 trees and <laughs> someone's salary. It just changes year on year. It'll be like some fence posts or uh, whatever, really. <laughs> like whatever's needed that year goes into into that project. Yeah, no. Well, I suppose it's a, if, if something's fluid like that and changes all the time, then that's the way you really would have to do it, eh? Yeah, and it's the realistic way of working on the working for an NGO on a local grassroots NGO is that you it's so fluid. Like sometimes you have funding for one project, and then the next year the funding is is, runs dry. So Mm. um, having something like this is so important for our for our sustainable work. Yeah, and can people help with the fundraising? Yeah, so we encourage that there's like an entry fee. Um, which covers basic costs and because I mean organizing an event like this it's 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 not as simple as probably a road event where you just mark out the routes and it's mm-hmm. you just make sure there's no traffic and everyone's safe whereas here you've got to contend with like you you either it can either be like a quagmire mud everywhere everyone falling off or it can be like six inches of dust or even more so there's things like that and then you've got to throw into the um Going to the organising, you've got elephants on the route, you've got buffaloes, you've got wildlife, you've got people crossing, crossing like main roads, and it's just yeah, there's like there's so much to think about and to to ensure the safety of, and then you're cycling from so it's called the tenth floor because you cycle from ten thousand feet down to four thousand feet, so people are coming up to an altitude that they're not often used to, mm-hmm. and um, and cycling around so. That's there. There's lots of things to take into account. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And you know, it's amazing. I was chatting to Martin McMullen, who works uh, for one of the life adventure centres at at Castle Well and Forest Trails there, and they're they're only after putting on a 24-hour race down there. But it was amazing how much actual work was involved in that. It, you know. They've ran an eight-hour race for a couple of years, but this is the first time they ran a 24-hour race. But he was actually saying that, it, you know, it's been over a year of organising that kind of thing. Do you find that as well, that the organisation that goes into it is just non-stop? Uh, yeah, it is. But one good thing about this is that we've been running for so long, well, for over a decade. So, And we have a huge – well, we don't have a huge team, but we have a lot of committed local people who – so many of the routes go through private farms or conservancies or like trusts, uh, um, like reserves. So the mountain is under the jurisdiction of Kenya Wildlife Service and Kenya Forest Service. So we get waived all of the fees for the cyclists through there. Um, so we have a lot of people involved. In, all these people are people we work with anyway and for the trusts work. So it's basically just using all our contacts and partners to provide a race that you couldn't actually run if you didn't have all these contacts because you just can't access these places usually. Like, I mean, you can cycle on the, in the forest, in the park, but then you've got, to, you, you've got to be aware of wildlife. You've got to know where you're going because it's quite dangerous to go cycling up there just on, on, on by yourself if you're not experienced. And then, um, yeah, and then you're going through a lot of private land and um, there's just so many people who, who just love the race and want it to happen. So, they're all involved in the route marking and we'll do like a few weekends of route wrecking where we'll tweak the route. So part of one of the races goes through the elephant corridor and then they've just tar- so 
in Kenya, there's a lot of the roads are like mud or murram roads, and they're just tarmac to a whole new section. So we've had to just detour the whole route off that section right. because so now it's now a tarmac road. Um, so yeah, there's there's lots to contend with. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it has its challenges. <laughs> um, so am I am I right? Or am I correct in saying that there are also prizes for the most raised money? Can you tell us a wee bit about these? Yeah, so we um, we try to encourage people to not just enter the race, but also raise money for for the cause. And um, this year we have our our title sponsors of Tropic Air, which are a, an East African um, charter and helicopter company, and they're based just next to the, they're based at the airstrip here as well. And they're this fantastic company who are locals and they, they love the mountain just as much as we do. They're always landing on it. They're always taking people up to the peaks. And, um, and they're, our, they're our title sponsor this year. So they've offered a um, helicopter ride for the, the highest raised sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, we've got a few other prizes, flights to the coast and things like that from um, Fly 540, another airline here. So, yeah, just trying to get people thinking about why where they're cycling and you're not just cycling, I mean, you are cycling to incredible places, but also the reason you're doing it is to help try and look after these places. So it just adds a bit more meaning to what you're doing, I think. Yeah, certainly. Um, do you just promote anything like that through the races, like, um, you know, riding properly and, and looking after the areas that, that you're actually using? Do you do you just promote anything like that or try to do anything like that? Um how, how do you mean? Well, just kind of like, you know, like rider awareness, you know, don't let her, you know, uh, if you see something on the trail, it shouldn't be there, move it out of the way, that kind of thing. Do you just do anything like that? Um, not not really. Where were there? Um, the, it, it just depends really what, some, the problem with the 10 4 is that you have, well, it's not really a problem, but you have elite cyclists who are going for, um, for for winning, and then you've got a lot of people who are just just out for like a really nice day and could ride and like um, so you've got a, a comp, like you've got a range between all these different um, abilities and reasons for being there. So you've, like you've got the elite team that are going for the for the prize money, and then you've got the people who are just there just for a nice day out. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's getting the balance between those quite definitely. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and can you tell us how much money has been raised since the event started? Is that something you can let us know? Um, I can't tell you from the very start, but the the money's going up year on year. So last year we raised about 6.5 million shillings, which is about $65,000. So, yeah, it's it's going up year on year, but, um, yeah, I I don't know what it's been since the very start. But that's very good. That yeah, I'm sure you're really pleased with that. Yeah, we are. It's really good. And as I say, the money is so essential for our core work that without it, it would be a massive gap. Yeah. So the money makes a huge difference to what you can do there on the ground. Right? Yeah, and we're a local organisation, so it's it's really great for us to um, to have people involved in this way and to to put a bit of to raise a bit of money for for the trust and it's something they do each year and um, really sort of associate with what they're doing mm-hmm. yeah brilliant and you touched on it a wee bit earlier about the local community getting involved um, but how much 
does that help the actual setup of the race and stuff, the local community getting involved? Without their help, would it be really difficult to run something like this? Yeah, it would be really, really hard because you need to get, as I said, you need to get permission for to go through all the different land and you need all the water stops along the route and you need a helicopter, like I was saying, Tropic Air, is the heli- before they were title sponsors, they always provided a helicopter for free anyway for mm-hmm. route security. And um, yeah, it would be very, I, I don't even think we could run it without the support of the local community. It's um, it's It's too difficult. Yeah, well, that's that's absolutely brilliant, isn't it, to to have that and be able to do something like that. Just yeah, which is what makes it so unique as well is that you can't actually do it unless you do the cycle race or come along to support. You can't actually access many of these places that easily. So Mm. um, yeah, yeah, very very good. So about the races, then, um, what dates are the races held? So it's always in February every year. Um, this year it's the 9th to the 11th of February, but it's usually either the second or the third weekend of February each year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. And what different races are available? So there's um, a whole range. As I said, we try to fit it to all different abilities. So it's a two-day event. So on day one, it's the extreme, which is a 90-kilometer sort of circle um, you start at Burano, which is a conservancy at about 4,000 feet, and then you cycle all the way up to 10,000 feet, which is we call the king of the king or queen of the mountain, the first person up to the highest point, and then they cycle all the way back down again on a different route and end where they started. And then on day two, um, that's when we get the most most cyclists. So you've got different races so we've got the classic the rush and the slide which are the classics the longest which is about 60k and that's more of the technical climb and you go over um it's called like the roller coaster which is um up above on burano over these quite like um difficult hills and then the rush is the same but just slightly easier so it's not quite so technical and then the slide is about 40 kilometers and that's for um for anyone really anyone who's um, just wants to mountain bike but aren't really that experienced and kids can do that I think it's over 12 years old can can do that with an adult and um, so but those ones are one way so you have to get to the start line um, and then cycle all the way down from there right okay yeah because I was going to ask you about um, if anybody can enter and age restrictions and that but you have certain races there or certain categories set up to to cater for that kind of thing yeah, so um, I think the extremes over eighteen, and then the slide you can get the kids um, oh, from ten to twelve. From ten to twelve, they need to be accompanied by an adult. But then on the day three, we also have little kiddies races. So at the race village in Burano, we um, we have four different races from about four years old to thirteen, and they do these different like the little ones are just on their little top cyclists and just doing like a little. 500 meter loop and then the bigger ones are going on a on a much about maybe about 13 kilometers no they don't total oh, i can't remember yeah. um yeah about 13 kilometers and they're going through like a river and things like that so um that one's quite fun and it's a nice way to end the event because parents can cycle on the saturday and the friday and the saturday and then they can the little kids can do their race on the sunday too yeah, so that's pretty cool. So it is very much a family-oriented event as well. It's just not for these hardcore racers to go out and, and win. And So it's very much family-oriented. 
Yeah, and that's the whole idea that we can attract the more like um, more elite cyclists, but then also you could bring your family with you and your kids can have a go and um, it's open to everyone because it's also about enjoying the mountain and, and being on your bike and being out there um, instead of just making it a, a race sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And, and what about getting involved then? Uh, do you have to book beforehand or how much advance would you you need to allow in, in booking does does it book up quite quickly is there so know? we don't have restrictions on entries at the moment um because we haven't felt like we needed to the um the entries close just before the event so about a week before the event the entries will close um and other than that no really you just need to go online and enter using the form and um yeah just go from there oh well that that's good and um what about sponsorship do you have to raise sponsorship to enter or um can you just enter and just enter the race basically and pay your your um your fee to enter on the day or what way does that work we need to know like there's so much we need to know beforehand like um you can't enter in the day you have to pre-book so we know how many people are coming and because it's out in sort of in the bush but most people will be camping anyway. So, um, and we need to make sure we've got the right numbers and the sec- just the route security. We need to know who's who's where and when. Um, and you don't have to raise sponsorship. You just need to pay your entry fee, and then anything raised on top is a bonus. <laughs> yeah, happy days, brilliant. Um, what about uh, what about facilities there? Is there places to stay, or as you say, is it mostly camping? And and what's the on-site facilities? Is there is there food available, toilets, all that kind of thing? Yeah, so it's all, most people will self-drive there. So Burana is about an hour from Ninuki. And it's, um, it's, yeah, it's basically out in the bush, like how you can imagine going on safari, you're, you're sleeping out in the bush. But we're at the race village, so you've got all the facilities. There's food and there's toilets and there's entertainment at night and um, most people will bring that. You can also book campsites that are already like self have already been put up. So you just pay so much a night, and it's all there ready for you, and your food's all sorted. Or you can just bring your own tent and um, and make your own food. Or that's really good. We have Rusty Nail who are doing the catering this year, and um, yeah. So most people will probably if you're you're doing the the whole thing you'd arrive on thursday night and then stay till sunday morning or a lot of people will arrive on friday afternoon and then camp on saturday and do the race on sunday um um do the race on saturday and then either stay with their kids or leave saturday um after the prize giving yeah so it sounds like it's 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 a big setup like what kind of numbers would you be attracting to it Mm, we have about maybe I don't know exactly, but there's probably about two or three hundred people entering the whole race, and then we'll have kids like between fifty and eighty kids doing the little little race, and then um, and then you've got everyone coming to support, and just it's quite it's such a nice place to be. Um, that a lot of people will just come and camp and just yeah um, enjoy the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, just be there for the weekend, really, just a weekend yeah. away kind of thing. Yeah. yeah yeah beautiful and and what what do you enjoy about about the, the events yourself do you get a real challenge out of organizing stuff like this do you really really enjoy it 
Yeah, I do, and it's for like it's for something that I really care about and yeah. and want to promote, and I want to like I want to promote the mountain for people to to sort of see that it's their mountain as well, and that they can they can be out there and cycling and and just just it's a way so you can connect with the environment around you and um, and give something back. Yeah, certainly no, it's it's a. It's definitely something great to see that's happening for sure, um, and uh, you know I'm really glad that it's growing year on year. But you know because there's obviously a need for it, then people are wanting to do it, so it's brilliant to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and tell us, do you ever find anybody coming for it um, from elsewhere outside of Africa? Does it have a pull outside of Africa itself? Yeah, like I was saying, we have a few people coming from USA and. Um, Germany we've had entries from Germany and the UK but it doesn't quite have that it hasn't had that international pool yet but that's what we're trying to work towards so um yeah. and sorry the international people that have come have they come back have they been out of yeah. them once wow well, yeah really yeah we good. do get return entries and and but also especially from South Africa and East um Tanzania and things like that we'll have people coming up and coming usually once people have come once they see what a what a great event it is and they'll they'll come back again so yeah awesome yeah. awesome so what's um what's the plans for it in the future is it is it anything going to change in the near future or is there anything different going to be happening over the next few years yeah so we're um, I, I think we spoke about it earlier that uh, we're hoping to do this enduro event this year which is something i hadn't actually heard of before but you time downhill sections and so they can range from like a kilometer to three three or four kilometers and they're much more technical so you don't race the whole route you just do these time downhill sections and they can especially like somewhere like the mount, mount kenya you've got so much downhill that you can go like like dry riverbeds and and through the ngarindari forest and there's and barana have these like huge like sort of rolling hills that you can use so that will be really exciting so that's something new that we're offering this year that's trying to build an East African series of these enduro events. And um, we're actually also adding a horse ride this year. Right. So there's a lot okay. of people who, who ride. Um, so then we could do that on the day one where people can do a 30-kilometer second endurance horse ride too along the bike routes. And then um, on the second day, you can do the mountain biking. Wow, that's a bit different. So, I haven't heard that before. Yeah. Brilliant. No, just adding something a bit, just if you if you just make more of a weekend of it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, very good. And and what about equipment? Do people need to provide their own equipment? Can it be hired off yourselves? Or? Um, no, we don't provide equipment. There are a few places in Nairobi that will um, you can hire bikes from, and we can help with um, a few contacts there. But most people will bring their own bikes yeah yeah it's something they probably do like would you find many people coming that are newbies to it or as you know do people kind of enjoy mountain biking and do that anyway and uh, most people will already have bikes because they enjoy mountain biking and it's it's not necessarily an event you would just do uh, like um you'd just, just do if you've never been on a bike before yeah um, so you need so, to have a certain skill level i suppose yeah, slightly. I mean, you, because you're going on such different um, terrains, and even even as a as a person who hasn't cycled, you still need to have that sort of fitness to to be able to do some pretty big hills and mm-hmm. 
Um, but that's why we offer the range of of, um, of races, so that yeah. people aren't intimidated by a ninety-kilometer cycle. You can do a you can do a forty-kilometer cycle with your with your kids. So um, yeah, I was trying to make it accessible for all. Yeah, no, I think it's a good way to go for sure, definitely, because it, it might encourage new people into the sport too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's just not me. It's not so intimidating then either. Yeah, certainly. So, how can people get involved? How can they help? Um, can people get involved even if they aren't attending the the races as such? Um, yeah, definitely. So we've got um, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, keep up with what we're doing in the news and where where the money is going and. Um, yeah, just keep up to date with what's happening, I think. And then if there's something that we're always on the, we're always open to support or if anyone has an idea that they think would make it more successful or something they've tried and it's worked, then um, we're always um, really happy for comments and anyone to help, really. We have loads of volunteers at the event. Um, as I said, we have loads of sponsors who do water stops and um, yeah, so loads of people involved. And the best way is to just, keep an eye on yeah like the social media pages and the tentacle website and yeah yeah awesome and uh we'll put all them links in the show notes and stuff so people can get involved and uh, yeah. see, see what you are about but I, I think it's it's really awesome that you are doing this kind of thing and it's been going for so long that's really brilliant yeah it is it's just a bit different really to but then it can be quite difficult to actually um to make people, a lot of people know the 10 to 4 is a mountain bike race, but don't actually realize it's raising money for a conservation trust. So yeah. um, that's, again, something that we're really trying to work on from now on so people know that what they're doing is actually for conservation and not, because there are so many events now that it, most of them aren't for a charity or for a cause. They're usually just just a, just a like a cycling event or something, so, which is fine, perfectly fine as well. But, um, yeah, ours is course yeah no it's brilliant to see uh, it really is and um do you know if david's entering yes he has <laughs> they is always he? so they're actually a sponsor <laughs> team so they right. come out they're branded with our title sponsors and he brings a he usually brings about he brings about a team of 10 and yeah. um that was very difficult to beat <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they're very competitive i'm sure yeah they are yeah i actually He's won the past couple of years. Last year, I think one of his guys beat him. So oh, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be after the title again. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Well, it's always good to have a bit of uh, you know a bit of that on, on the day as well. It makes it a wee bit more interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's good to have that com- competitive part of it because it makes it much more professional. And having those guys there really raises the bar for anyone who's who's even just there for for fun but it's still good to have that bit of competitive feel yeah and i'm sure david and and probably his team always feel that there's targets on their bikes you know these are the guys you have to be (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i guess it's a good thing for david because at least it shows what he's doing is is working and his guys are really upcoming and improving in their cycling skills and um yeah it's it's a good thing i think yeah certainly well Becky thank you very much um I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and I know it's something very different for our listeners but 
I would like to help any way I can, you know, get the word out there. Um, I'm into animal welfare in a big way myself. So, you know, that really strikes a chord with me, what you're doing there. So I really, really appreciate that. And um, I hope everything goes really well for you in, in the future and everything, everything runs, runs smooth. Thanks. That's great. And thank you for having us on the show and um, yeah, letting us talk a bit about what we do. Yeah, no problem. And I think, you know, you've already said to me about a few other people I should speak to um, that are based in Africa there and what they're doing for the whole cycling community there. So we'll try and get them on the podcast and we'll try and make a wee bit more of a feature out of what you guys are doing there and how, how it's growing and expanding. Yeah, and I think those guys are definitely, I'm not being technical with my mountain biking or um, so, so much in the into that sort of side of things but they will enhance everything that we're we're doing and, and they're the sort of guys who are involved in in, in what we're doing too so mm-hmm. it is a community that's growing for sure yeah brilliant i'm sure you're so excited to be a part of it it must be awesome yeah it is it yeah. is it's really exciting and where it goes <laughs> yeah well i know you're one of the organizers but try and get out and try and race next year if you can <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> yeah excellent stuff well listen Betty thank you very much for coming on I really appreciate it and I hope everything goes well as I say great thanks so much all right Becky thanks all the best okay bye that's a wrap for episode 17 folks I hope you enjoyed that and I just want to say thank you very much to Becky for coming on to the show and chatting to us about the Mount Kenya Trust and everything that's happening there in East Africa I also want to say a quick thank you to Grace Stanley who initially introduced me to Becky so thank you very much Grace I really appreciate that Grace was on an earlier podcast herself so thank you once again Grace Um, so I hope you enjoyed that folks Um, a wee bit different as I say but we will be running a few of these every five six weeks maybe um, on the podcast and I hope you enjoy them it's a wee bit different we chat to Adam Davis as well and and Brian Kennedy from BKXC is involved in that a wee bit as well because he was out with Adam so there's a lot of interesting stuff happening over there and I think we should really cover it so we've got the opportunity to do so so why not um, again if you like the show and you want to help please go to iTunes or Stitcher wherever you download from and just hit the subscribe button and like the show and if you would be so kind please share it that would be very very good indeed and give us five stars please thank you um, it always helps so thanks again uh, for being here guys if you want to get caught up in any other episodes or you want to go to the show notes just visit www.mtb tribe.com and you'll get a wee bit more information there you can also subscribe to the show there on the website and you'll get a wee insider scoop um, a wee bit earlier at the start of the week to to know what's happening and who's coming on the show and stuff like that so there's plenty of exciting things happening in 2018 for the show we're trying to make it better all the time for you so if you have any comments or you want anything different on the show or you want to hear from somebody on the show again just go to the website and you can leave a comment there and let me know i do read them all and um, i try to keep updated as much as i can with that so thanks very much guys have a great week have a great weekend and i hope you get out in the bikes and it's not too cold for us here in the old stormy northern ireland so have a good one guys all the best take care bye